What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only our eggs all here. We love it. With the fourth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Sauce Gardner. <laughs> With the 10th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Garrett Wilson. With the 26th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Jermaine Johnson. Uh, we got better tonight. He's awesome. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post, our post NFL draft show that montage you heard courtesy of ESPN. It's Jake Brown here alongside Jets beat writer for the Post, Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and at Brian Cos. Cos, when is the parade? Well, I know you're going to give me the response of we'll see in three years on paper, which is all we could go by. Joe Douglas hit a, you know, Barry Bonds on steroids home run uh, in round one and two of the NFL draft. Uh, I'll tell you in 2025, Jake. There it is. Got it right. I know it. How'd you feel about the Sam Darnold pick, Jake? I felt good, but quarterbacks, you never know. I feel oh, like- don't give me that. He was the number one quarterback in the draft. It's amazing the Jets got him. Oh, my God. Let's let's go back and find Jake Tate from 2018. Everyone was celebrating that, right? I mean, D. Milner, oh, the number one cornerback in the draft. He can't miss. He missed. You never know. It's the draft. I And, of course, like, look. All these picks, logically, on paper, they look great. He, it looks like he got the number one cornerback, the number one wide receiver, and the number one running back in most people's rankings. And Jermaine Johnson was a top three, top four edge rusher in this draft. So, yeah, he they, on paper, it looks great. And grading by logic, what he did makes a lot of sense. He filled some needs. Uh, edge rusher, receiver, and cornerback are pretty in positions, Jake. And, you know, if he found starters at those positions, then, then it is a home run. Then it is a grand slam. But two years ago, we were talking about how great a pick Makai Becton looked like and right now doesn't look as good so you just you never know with these things you gotta let time play out yeah let's break it down here let let me break it down from what fans were thinking I was at a draft party on Thursday night unfortunately not in Vegas I wanted to be but I was in uh, the upper west side of of beautiful Manhattan uh, on Thursday night and fans were hyped up I mean I mean when you got sauce I think you kind of had your pick of the litter you had your pick of really anyone you wanted Once the first three picks went the way they did, which I think surprised some people, and it seemed like they were going to batches in the top 10. You had your defensive guys, and you had your receivers. You had your offensive tackles mixed in there. But the Jets got the sauce and allowed 13 catch for 117 yards last season. As you said, top-rated corner in the draft. He gave up no touchdowns. The guys got drip, guys. guys, And in honor of sauce, having his sauce chain and bottle of sauce, which he told – 
uh, Woody Johnson that there is actual sauce in there. Is that true? I felt like there might be, he opened the cap and there's a hole. You checked, checked the, He was joking. Oh, okay, damn it. Well, I got excited <laughs> thinking he was going to pull teriyaki sauce out of that thing. Very hard that. to pour sauce into that necklace, Jake, if you think about it, right? Like That's why I was like, this guy's really a top-notch quarterback that he could get any kind of sauce in that little bottle. Well, in honor of him, I'm wearing a king chain. I did ask sauce on Friday when we met with him where I could get a chain Similar to his chain. Did you get the jeweler, Jacob the jeweler? Yeah, in a place in Houston. He gets a, he gets his ice in Houston there. Uh, so, you know, if I'm thinking about a big cause chain, maybe, you know, if, I'll see if the wife will allow me to throw out the money for a cause chain. I would love to see a cause chain. I'm a, you know, this was like $30 at an Astoria street festival. Uh, but I imagine sauce dropped like 20 grand or something uh, ridiculous. Probably. Yeah. Something insane. I'm sure. I assume he didn't reveal the price of the chain. He didn't say the price. Yeah. He didn't say the price, but yeah, I imagine it was quite expensive, Jake. And listen, that he's confident. He says, you know, it means confidence. It means he could really beat anyone. And the Jets badly needed corners. We saw last year guys step up that we had no idea who they were pretty much. We knew Bryce Hall, but Jason Pinnock and the other Michael Carter, we saw guys that cause now they become so much more versatile because they're a three and a four. So fans are hyped about that. On top of that, Garrett Wilson falls in their lap at 10 because the Falcons take Drake London. So they get the top receiver and then the cream on the crop to top Christmas morning. For the Jets draft, I mean, it felt like Christmas. Jermaine Johnson slips to 26. Joe Douglas slides in there, makes a trade to get him. You know, you predicted he'd be the fourth pick last week on the show. Obviously, things changed. But to get him a top three, top five pass rusher in this draft at 26 was like a miracle on 34th Street. It was insane to see the Jets get three of, what was it, their top eight players in this first round on their big board. They snag him in the first round. And then move up two spots to get Brees Hall and get the top running back and, and pair him with Michael Carter in the backfield. I mean, Kaz, this was wild. Can, can, do you know what happened with Jermaine Johnson and why he slid down that far? Yeah, he was kind of a polarizing prospect from what I can gather, Jake. I, I did predict him on the show. Number four, I backed off of that later on. I went with Sauce as my final pick for the Jets. But I knew the Jets liked Jermaine Johnson a lot. They kind of liked him at the Senior Bowl. He wasn't on their team. They got to know him there. From what I can gather, talking to people, he he rubs some people the wrong way. He's he's a little bit of a cocky guy. In uh, I think in the I didn't think I don't think he did very well in the pre-draft interview process. So he slid down. But the other thing, Jake, if you look at it, between the Giants taking Kayvon Thibodeau at five and the Jets taking Jermaine Johnson at twenty-six, no other edge rushers were taken. So it could just be a fact of like teams weren't looking for an edge rusher uh, that, you know, that, that were drafting there and they had other needs. And obviously a ton of wide receivers went off the board in the teens there and stuff. So I think that was part of it. I do think though some teams, you know, he rubbed in the wrong way. I was checking on it yesterday though. The Jets don't think there's any character concerns. They, they love the kid. So, you know, we'll see it. We'll see now how he does. And I think, you know, the Jets had him in the top eight, like you said, other people had him ranked in the tens, you know, the top 10. I think Kuiper had him 11th overall. So it looks like the Jets got value there. And, and uh, you know, he's the other part, Jacob, it, it is he was a one really a one year wonder in college. You know, he started off at Georgia and didn't really play much at Georgia. So he transferred to Florida State. He had one year of production. So that scares off teams, too, sometimes early on. But at 26, you're not worried about that. And once you get past like 14, 15, all these guys have flaws that, that you, have, you have to decide what you can live with. And Robert Sal called him the most pro ready of all the pass rushers, which is which is a nice thing to say when the first two picks were pass rushers. So you'll take that. And 
I learned that he was on Last Chance You, right? The show on Netflix. He was a JUCO guy. Yeah, he went to Independence Community College in Kansas. And yeah, he was on Last Chance You, which I, I've not watched it. Have you watched that show? I haven't, but someone informed me that it's like a friend at the Met game last night informed me that it's a must watch. So yeah, I might need I to watch that. And we, he was asked about that on Friday when we talked to him. And he said they actually wanted him to have a bigger part on that show. Uh, and he kind of pushed back. He didn't, he didn't want you know, he wanted to concentrate on football and didn't want to necessarily want the fame of last chance you, but he was, he was featured on it from what I understand. Well, now he might have the fame here in New York. I mean, the spotlight is on him and that was incredible to get at 26 and you get a corner, a receiver and a pass rusher. Then you go out, go get a running back. Let's go to Garrett Wilson. Now he was the top rated receiver in the draft cause that, you know, Drake London was off the board. So we kind of knew at 10, it was a good chance they were going to go receiver. I guess once they realized that Jermaine was dropping, what do you like about Garrett Wilson? What he brings uh, on the opposite side of Corey Davis speed, uh, you know, he's a speed element that the jets need. He can, he can get down the field and give Zach a deep target, take the top off the defense, which is something they, they haven't really had much of. Elijah Moore can do that a little bit, but but I think you know Garrett Wilson's better equipped for that. He also has amazing body control, Jake. If you watch some of the highlights, some of his catches where he's jumping in the air and twisting and turning, and it, it was amazing um, what he did in college there. So they, they talked about building around Zach Wilson this offseason. This is a big one. Uh, this this gives him a top target here, and I think if you look at the offense, Jake, there is no one on this offense left from 2019. Right. Everyone on this offense is 2020 or later. This is Joe Douglas's offense now. And I I don't think there's excuses for Zach Wilson. Right. I think you got Garrett Wilson. You got Elijah Moore. You got Corey Davis. Those are three legitimate NFL wide receivers. You've got CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin at tight end. The offensive line looks strong. And now you have Michael Carter and Brees Hall at running back along with Tevin Coleman. You know, that's it's it's not the, the it's not the greatest show on turf, but it's a, it's an it's an NFL offense. It's not like what a few years ago you were looking at. So, he, he, I think this is this is on Zach now. I agree, and that was what I was talking to people about all week and I'm like, it's Zach's time. He has everything he needs. He's got the completed offensive line. He's got the targets like you said. He's got a plethora of running backs. While it's not murderer's row back there, there's a lot of speed. You have a veteran with Tevin Coleman. You know, Michael P. Ryan is now like sixth on the depth chart. Probably won't be a Jet next season. Yeah, I don't think he'll be around much longer. Yeah, he's got a veteran backup now with Joe Flacco. After they got now he, again, I should say he had him for he had him, then he didn't have him, then he had him. Well, he's got him again. He's got the tight ends, and he's got a coaching staff that's got a year under his belt who's probably going to unleash him a little bit more now that he has pieces around him. At times, you felt like they were kind of coddling him a little bit. Now I think he's going to run more. I think there's going to be more play action. They have a lot more flexibility with a better pass protection up front. You're right, Kaz. I think this is – you look at this roster, and I know it's crazy, and we said they have to be in the picture, in that in the hunt on December 1st or the first week of December – this should be a contender for a wild card spot. They're probably not getting it, but I don't think it's out of the realm on paper. I know I'm not trying to overreact here and call this a Super Bowl team, guys, but by on Christmas, when you're unwrapping your presents on Christmas morning, I want to see the Jets in the hunt for a wild card spot. Is that dreaming or is that real? Fair. That's fair in the hunt. I've said that. I think I've said it on here. 
in the graphic. That's my word for the Jets. This but you year. said Thanksgiving. I'm pushing it yeah. back to Christmas. It Christmas. That's too. And also, Jake, that it's weird. Our, our perception of the football season has now changed a little bit, right? That goes later. Like the, the season didn't end this year till what January 9th, something like that. So Christmas, you're talking about there was still three weeks left in the season. I think when we hit Christmas this year, so. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that I think them being in the hunt uh, into December is fair, and like you know, the meaningful games in December is what they've said. And the key, Jake, if you want to play meaningful games in December, you better win some damn games in September. <laughs> and that's the theme for the Jets this year. To me, is we talked about it before on here. They have not won a game in September since 2018, so you got to do that. But they, it feels like they're much improved. Um, the problem, Jake, is you have to you have to look at it kind of from the wide angle lens of who they're playing and how they match up with those teams. Buffalo is obviously they're one of the best teams in the AFC. They got to play them twice. Miami looks like they'll be better. Who knows what New England will be? Uh, but they still have the best coach on earth. So uh, you know, and then and then they have a tough schedule. Um, so. Yeah, but I, I think that's a fair goal to have Jake is, is to, to be in the hunt in late December. Yeah. And I'm not going to say a win number yet. Obviously there's still some things could happen, but you know, we said maybe six and improvement from Zach Wilson. I don't think eight to nine is out of the possibility, but again, we'll see. And Zach's had to stay on the field. Remember he was hurt last year, him staying on the field is important. And like you said, Makai Becton on the field. And that's been a whole saga so far that he hasn't showed up yet. But isn't he having a kid? I, I know Robert Salas said, we'd love to have you back here. We'll take care of you. But I, in my opinion, I think family and, and you know, being with the, the mother should be important. And when you have this kid, do you think he should be at, you know, the voluntary uh, camp right now? That's a very, very surprising take from you, Jake. I'm, I'm taking it back here. You're <laughs> Come a fam- play football. You're a family man over football. Family I, man, baby. I would think I would think you'd be like, damn it. Let her just have the kid. You could, you could, you know, you could FaceTime her after she has the kid. I think the feeling, Jake, is I, I think they feel like they, they live here half the year, right? Maybe have the child in New Jersey, like, right? Bring everybody to New Jersey. They've got the Jets doctors are here. She, you know, she'll have great medical care. No reason to stay in Texas, but I, you know, I do understand his reasoning. I was there for the birth of my children, Jake, I'm proud to say. So I, you know, I, I get it. You, 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 but it's just such an important time for, for Becton. And I, I think, I don't think they're frustrated with him. I just think it's a little disappointing for them that, that he's not there and, and they feel like maybe he could have stayed here and uh, had the baby in New Jersey. That side, I can understand a little bit. Maybe he doesn't like these cold nights. I've been sitting in them at City Field tonight. It's a little chilly, maybe warmer there. I, I don't know what the family situation either, Jay. Her mother might be in Dallas, right? Like, you know, she maybe she wants to be by her, her family. I don't know. Like, I have no idea. So I'm not criticizing him. Just telling you, I think that's that might be what they're thinking a little bit. And I get it. This guy's got to earn his spot back. George fan was great. They got to figure out wh- which side he's going to play. If he's going to play left tackle or right tackle. But listen, in my mind, family's more important. It's May 1st. And God forbid he comes back here and then gets hurt again. And then we're like, you have to be kidding me. I'm on the side of let him sit, let him do his own workouts, and we'll see you in July. That's how I – They don't really do anything right now, Jake, though. They're just – they're lifting weights right now. So he wouldn't be doing anything. I think they – I think there's two reasons they want to see him in person. His rehab from his knee. I think they want – I think they really want their doctors to oversee that rehab and not just trust that he's doing something in Dallas. Number two is weight. You know, it's no secret. His weight is an issue, and I think they'd like to – 
have that have him right in front of them so they can monitor his weight and you know have, have know what he's doing working out wise um they, uh, they're keeping tabs on him they said he's with duke Mannyweather, who's a very good offensive line coach in texas but um i think they're very nervous about that what was interesting jake is Sala was not very um forthcoming when asked about like how this is going to work with left tackle like if you think about it if they're going to compete for left tackle who the heck's playing right tackle Right. So like if, if you're going to alternate Becton and Fant at left tackle, who do you have at right tackle? Chuma Adoga? Like that doesn't make any sense. It makes more sense to just go into this and go, Fant's our left tackle, Becton's our right tackle. Take every rep you can take. So I have a feeling that's the way it's going to work. I, I have a feeling I have a feeling the decision's already been made. They just don't want to say it. But hasn't Fant played both sides pretty regularly where if he was right, he'd be fine? I don't see. Is it that massive of a difference? He prefers left tackle. He definitely prefers left tackle. And he said that when we talked to him last week. Um, and I think, you know, he earned it from what he did last year. Um, so, you know, I from the way it's been explained to me for, for years by linemen, it's like if you're right-handed, trying to use your left hand. When you go to the other side, that's what it's like. It's like learning how to do everything in a mirror, you know? So it's, it's kind of tough. It's not as easy as it looks to, to do that. So, and they, they also don't forget Jake, they're moving Vera Tucker to the right side. So it could be interesting if Vera Tucker and Becton are on the, the right side of the line. It's like, you know, last year we were going, Oh, this is the left side of the line. It's going to be great. They could both be learning new positions, which might be dicey. So I, I you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but it feels like to me, they know more than they're saying already. Like they, they've already kind of figured out what they're going to do and they just don't want to say it out loud yet. And listen, there are worse problems to have in this Jets team. They have decent depth too. They have some backups and to finish off the draft picks here after Brees Hall, Jeremy Rucker tight end Ohio state, then Max Mitchell offensive tackle, Louisiana Lafayette. So they had another backup offensive lineman there. And Michael Clemens was their last pick at one seventeen. Uh, they made some picks, future years, move up. What about, let, let's continue to getting through these draft picks. Brees Hall here is interesting because this was the number one ranked running back. The Jets only, they moved up two picks to get him. So they must have feared he was going before they went at 38. What do you like about this guy? He's fast. What a 4'3", 40. And uh, I think he led, what he led the country in rushing in 2020. Yeah, he's fast and productive, Jake. Like you just said, like led the. I mean, you might have the stats in front of you. I don't right now, but he. I mean, for fourteen hundred yards, I think last year, forty-one touchdowns over two years. If I'm remembering, I'm doing off the top of my head, but I think that's what it was. Very productive back and a home run hitter. You know, he can break. He can break it eighty yards, and that's something, Jake. I think Robert Sala said it the one day. If you watch the Jets' offense last year, even when it was working well in the games when they they got it going, it was a struggle. Like it was like they needed eight plays, 10 plays, 12 plays to get down the field. You can't live like that uh, in the NFL. You need to be able to get some 80 yard touchdown sometimes. That, that's what these guys, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, they could do that. They could break it and, and you know, get to get some quick points, which would be huge. So um, I thought it was a little early for a running back. Uh, I, I thought they had some other needs I would have gone with in the second round, but I also, you know, I'm not going to argue with it. I, they, if they love the player, they should get them. It's hard to argue with getting the top corner, the top receiver, and then get the top running back. 
they, you know, went for the top of the board, no matter what their needs were. And a Mike LaFleur offense, you know, with the 49ers that use multiple running backs, that's going to be the Jets dynamic in the backfield. All right, let's do a stat checker on what you said. 2021, and remember, this is at Iowa State, the Big 12. This wasn't, you know, at Liberty or some school. And how about Malik Willis falling to where he did uh, with the Titans? That was a little bit of a surprise. The guy who some people thought would be a top 10 pick. What do you go, like 86? Where did he go? In the, he yeah, went yeah, third round. Third round, yeah. That was a big fall. Anyways, uh, Brees Hall last year, 1,472 rushing yards, 20 touchdowns, 302 receiving yards with three receiving touchdowns, 2020, 1,572 yards, 21 touchdowns, and then 180 and two receiving touchdowns. So this kid, his numbers jump off the board at you guys. And Jake, one person I talked to yesterday was just raving about him as a guy. Just like that, this is this is just a great guy, and he's going to be great in the locker room. And that's something teams give lip service to a lot, but the Jets have actually done it. I mean, the people they brought in have all been very solid guys, and um, you know, I think I think they did that again with Brees Hall. It seems like character was very important there. Listen, fifty-six touchdowns to thirty-six games is pretty remarkable, and that's a number alone that jumps out on you on paper. So, love the running backs, Carter Hall, Coleman, and then. If needed, Ty Johnson, P. Ryan, and our buddy Austin Walter. All right, 101st pick. They got themselves a Jets fan, Cobbs, and Jeremy Ruckert, a Long Island product. What do you like about him? Well, I think that there's a lot of upside there, Jake. You know, he doesn't, the numbers don't knock you over at Ohio State, but if you kind of take a step back and look at that Ohio State offense, they had a lot of weapons. So the tight end didn't see a lot of action. You know, they were, they obviously Garrett Wilson was there. Chris Olave went right after Garrett Wilson. And amazing, Jake Jamison Williams was drafted at Alabama. He was started at Ohio State and transferred to Alabama. So those three guys were all in the same room at one point. So Ohio State just has so much talent that, you know, not everyone's going to be able to be productive. But they love uh, Ruckert in the run game, his blocking ability. And he had a, he had a good senior bowl. Uh, and the Jets saw him. Saw him he ended up you know, getting hurt at the senior bowl, but they liked him with the, what they saw of him there. Uh, you know, I was a little surprised at this pick, Jake. If I had to quibble with anything they did, I thought taking a tight end, they just signed two tight ends, right? Why draft one there? Um, I think there were some other holes. I'm surprised they didn't draft a linebacker. I think that's a that's an area I'm surprised. That's they didn't the draft biggest hole right now on depth charts, linebacker. Yeah, yeah and safety is right there too, Jake. I think, you know, they're at LaMarcus Joyner's your starting free safety right now. He has trouble staying on the field. Ashton Davis would be behind him. You know, I thought they might have tried to get a safety there. So, but they, you know, they, they like Rucker. We'll see how it goes. He'll play special teams early on, and then we'll see if they, what kind of role he can get on offense, um, you know, as time goes on. And listen, three tight ends now. This went from a team who had like negative two tight ends, uh, you know, that we were longing for the days of the guy behind me and Dustin Keller to now having three guys deep. And shout out to Lindenhurst, Long Island. He is a Lindenhurst product went to Lindenhurst high school so if you're a long island listener uh raise your hand loud and proud to that one and you get two ohio state like you said two ohio state guys in this draft and uh most times you can't go wrong with that what do you know about max mitchell the offensive tackle they took at 111 not a whole lot <laughs> that he was one i was like who i'd look up you know just doing research on him jake versatile guy played both tackle spots played guard in college. Uh, Joe Douglas said he can, he's even taken some snaps in the in the pre-draft process at center. So I think the Jets view him as kind of a chess piece that they can move around there and and give them some depth and some versatility. All right, their last pick. What do you know about Michael Clemens? They get an edge rusher at one seventeen out of Texas A and M. 
He's got some impressive numbers, Jake. Uh, you know, he was, I think, second in the country in, in quarterback pressures per per attempt. He he looks he looks the part. He looks long. He he looks like he can fly around the edge. He was a very good player for Texas AM, which had a good defense. Uh, they had a lot of players, they had some players drafted from that defensive line. I think he was the leader of the group. Uh, he does have some red flags, um, but you know, it, when you're getting into the fourth round, that's where you start rolling the dice a little bit. He's going to be 25 years old before he plays a snap in the NFL, which that's old for NFL yeah, standards. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we talk about guys who are 20, 21. Sometimes he's 20, going to be 25. He, I think he was in college for, uh, like seven years because <laughs> he, he went to Juco first Van Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> and m he got hurt. He had a medical red shirt year. You know, then the COVID, I think they, they got next year because of COVID. So, yeah, he was he was in college for a while. So that's a little bit of a concern. But again, you're, you're, this isn't a first round pick. This is a this is this is a lottery ticket, you know, in the fourth round. So you take some risk. Um, he had some injuries in college. Like I said, he missed one season, the second season. He, had, he had, it was hurt a lot. So that's that. And then he had two arrests last year, Jake, within the span of three months. But they were, you know, in terms of arrests, they were not the most serious offenses I've ever seen. The one was driving with an invalid license, which I suspect Jake may have done in his life. I, I don't know. You know, you know <laughs> invalid license. No comment. Um, and then the second one was again an invalid license, which maybe that, you know, you shouldn't get it. You shouldn't get that the second time. He also had a gun and a little bit of pot, like under two ounces of pot on him. And uh, so I think I think there might have been one other part of that. So he had some arrests, but again, it's it doesn't seem like the most serious offenses in the world. Um, so the jet that just said they felt comfortable with him character wise, and you know, and if he comes in and he's a knucklehead, you can move on from a fourth round pick, fourth round pick pretty easily. No, oh, he, he might be a prick too. As are some of these uh, <laughs> weapons <have> charges. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, I mean, pot. Who cares? I mean, everyone's smoking now. It's legal. You get it at the bodega now, uh, New York and New Jersey. Literally, you go to the corner store and get weed. So that's whatever. And then he's not Sheldon Richardson driving one sixty with a kid in the back. So uh, there could be worse. But that that is a red flag. But listen, twenty five. Here's the good news: he can rent a car before week one. Uh, he's legally rent. He can rent a car. Hopefully, with a valid license this time. Uh, the bad news is he might have to retire after his first contract. I mean, you know, getting to 30, that's like the age where it's like, all right, you're getting old. So we'll see what they do there. But overall, cause my thoughts are this. In 2000, the Jets had four first-round picks. They became a playoff contender instantly. Draft picks, multiple first-round picks can impact a team immediately, but this is a team that's trending in the right direction, and I don't think playoffs in the next year or two is out of the realm and things are going gravy in Jets land. Wow. Now roast me in return. <laughs> uh, the point, I, they look to me all about Zach Wilson. Jake, what is he going to do, right? What is he going to do now? But it looks like if this if this class pans out, like it looks like it will, like if you if they live up to their hype, you know, and not all of them are, but if, if most of them live up to what the pre-draft hype was, and then you stack that on last year's draft, which that, that looks like a solid draft, the jury's out on Zach, but I think Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, and Elijah Vera Tucker all showed what they could do. Michael Carter to a lesser degree. Um, you know, I think it's big. I think one thing that stood out to me, Jake, is, you know, you talked about depth. Last year, if you were a six-round pick, you might have been a starter with the Jets, right? Brandon Eccles, we saw him as starting cornerback. Uh, Michael Carter was a fifth-round pick, uh, the, the the defensive back, and he, he had to start. Like The first-round picks are probably and, – and Brees Hall, those guys will all play a lot. The other guys are going to be fighting to get on the field. So that shows you that the Jets have a little more depth now. Uh, it's not it's not walking the door and, and you're automatically a starter. Like, they should be 
they should take the next step this year and not have so many rookies on the field anymore. And that's a good sign for them. Joe Douglas, I got to give you a round of applause. A tremendous job and put this team in a beautiful financial position where they can afford all their draft picks, which is good. And they should still have a little bit of wiggle room here after they sign these picks, right? So if they need to add a depth linebacker, if someone's unhappy and gets cut, so a training camp cut, they try and get a, a good veteran to come in and play linebacker. They should have what five, five to eight million still remaining. You think? I'm not sure what the number is, Jake, but yeah, it'd probably be somewhere on there. And they could also you can free money up pretty easily uh, for that kind of those kind of things you're talking about. Now, if they had to do something, you know, a huge contract, like if if there's a if they still wanted to make a big trade or something, that would be different. They'd have to move some money around for that, but they, they can easily sign some players still. Listen, I, this roster, and again, we're going to keep saying, and it's, temp, it's great to say here, the New York Post Gangs All Here podcast, on paper, in the New York Post, on the depth chart, wherever you get your depth chart, ESPN, Our Lads, whatever, this team looks really good, and they've even put themselves in an interesting position at defensive line. How do you see this playing out here with Sheldon Rankin, Jermaine Johnson? You almost forget John Franklin Myers is in there. He's probably going to be playing up the middle a lot more than being a pass rusher, Nick. Yeah, I would think Franklin Myers might play on the outside on rundowns and then shift inside on pass downs. But, they, you know, they, you saw it last year with Robert Sala. He loves a rotation. I mean, even Quinn and Williams didn't, wasn't playing more than 40, 45 snaps a game. So, They'll have a heavy rotation there. Uh, they got more depth. And, yeah, I think this would be good for Franklin Myers because that's his best position is when he can line up on the guard and win win there. He, he's not as strong from the outside, so this will help him. And you said they look very good, very good roster, Jake. Let's, let's say they're a much improved roster. All right, let's, let's go there. I like it. I mean, listen, the Mets have turned the ship. The Jets are turning the ship. Look, look, look. The Mets turn the ship. The Mets turn the ship with guys who are proven, right? Max Scherzer. Lindor. So these guys are unproven, Jake. Like, yes, it looks sauce looks good on paper. Garrett Wilson looks not good on paper, but like, I'll say it again. All the draft, you know, everyone who there's not, if you went around and looked at the 32 teams right now, there's probably not much criticism going around for the, for the team. So it's got to take, they got to do it on the field, Jake. Oh, this team won the first round by a mile. Giants had a great first round with their two picks too. What but- do you get for winning the first round? Um, cookies, maybe some matzo ball soup. I don't know. I'm going to get, I think a customized sauce Jersey, but I'm going to spell it the New York style S a W C E on the back of it. Sauce. So, uh, I, that's disappointing that we don't have Francesca to listen to say sauce. Uh, oh God. It would have been gold sauce macaroni and meatballs of sauce. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that. I need to find a cheaper version of a sauce chain somewhere. So if there's any Astoria craft festivals coming up, if you want to uh, sell that, I'd be good with that. But again, on paper, I'm, I'm pumped jets fans. You have every reason to be excited about this team. This is a product that you can go see. They were unwatchable at times last season when they were getting shellacked, giving up 54 points. I really don't think we're going to see those monstrous 54-point games by opposing teams. They have a respectable defense now. Like we said, they got to get a linebacker and maybe some safety help. But, you know, this is going to be a team that's going to be a lot more respectable. They're going to be competitive in these games, and that's what you want. You want these games to be close. You want Zach Wilson to take that step to prove that you're not worried going to year three that he's the guy. We want to see late December Zach Wilson mistake-free, take some chances, but throw the ball away when you need, run the ball like he did against Jacksonville. We got to see December Zach 
and not September, Zach. And like you said, this team has to win in September. They have to set the table early in the season where they're not going into Halloween one and seven. They have to be one or two wins in September because, guys, that's so demoralizing to a team. You start the year 0-4, you think, God, we are terrible. You come into practice every day, you know, not feeling great about yourselves. I think there's going to be confidence oozing in this team. You know, Sauce is going to bring it. You know, he's there and confident. And another year, you know, the coaches getting the year under their belt is going to be essential too. You know, they're not a deer in the headlights in this year. They know a lot more what they're doing. And uh, I'm pumped up, guys. Are, are you are you ready for vacation now? Is this your time, like, where you just take – is May, like, your break month or no? No, no, no. We got rookie minicamp Friday. Uh, OTAs uh, start May 23rd. Minicamp June. Uh, so after the minicamp, Jake, that's when that's when vacation time comes and then till the until training camp. Where are you going? Hawaii? What are you doing? I did Hawaii last year, Jake. So this year will be a much cheaper destination than Hawaii. Uh, well, what what are the top three choices? We're going. Uh, I think we're going to go uh, to Delaware for a week to be Delaware. Yeah. What are you doing in there's, Delaware? There's beaches in Delaware, Jake. You never been? They're good. They're nice. They're they're nice and they're a little bit cheaper than the Jersey Shore. You know, yeah. And like Ocean City, Maryland's right there. Okay, Ocean City. Yeah. So you go to Secrets. I'm I'm just picturing you in in the uh, the tube at Seek. Have you know Secrets, the place on the water? I don't. Uh, it's a bit of a younger crowd, but it's uh, you basically drink in the See water. That? You're basically sitting hurts. in the water. He's just crapping on my age right there. <laughs> Listen, the it's crowd. Uh, no, I mean it's it's maybe people in their 20s, so maybe it's it's not the cause crowd. But uh, Secrets is a good were spot. You, uh, were you at the game Friday night, the Mets game Friday night, Jake, or were you watching the draft? There would be nowhere else I'd be than at City Field. And I almost went to the Ranger game. Thank God I went to the Mets game. I was there for Johan's no hitter and was there on Friday. Wow, I wonder how many people were there for both. Probably not many. There's probably some. But, yeah, I would be very mad if I wasn't. So very glad I didn't go to pretty much what was a meaningless Rangers game because they're in the playoffs. But I was there. It was cold, but so well worth it. I was four rows behind the Mets dugout. So I was right there to see the celebration. And uh, how much are we paying you, Jake? Uh, no, behind the listen, I have my ways. You know, I'm Mr. Met. I'm the mayor of City Fields. So I, I have my ways. But uh, no, not too much. I need more. You know, pay me more, please. I'll, I'll uh, greatly take it to live my uh, lavish lifestyle, I guess. But we're pumped up. We're ready to go. That wraps up this season, Cause it's It was a fun year. But I think next year there will be a lot more happy shows and shows that are after victories and not just feel good losses. I think they're going to be post victory shows and I'm excited for that. That would be different, Jake. That'd be a different, uh, different gangs all here. I, I mean, I'd like to check what the gangs all here record is since, since we started doing the podcast of, of how many wins they've had, right? Well, they're 13 and 36 since 2019. The show started, I believe like after that, we started after the Patriots game, the 33, nothing debacle, the ghost game. Yeah, so it was late October. So, so we missed one win. We missed one win there. The Dow- they beat Dallas before that game. So, so yeah. it's probably, what, 12 and 30 or 12 and 29? Something brutal. Not good. Not, not good. Uh, listen, on paper, let's, let's go in eight games. Let's go in nine. Let's go nine and eight. You know, that's wow. my that's my May that's your, second that's your, prediction. Uh, rallying cry, huh? Nine and eight. Let's go Jets. Well, the schedule comes out May 12th, Jake. We can go, you know. We could go Mike and the Mad Dog style. All right. Window uh, that's throw a, up. That's Whoa. a win. That's a loss. That's a win. Uh, December, going to be cold. That's a loss. That's a win with some sauce. Uh, looking forward to that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll close out the show next. I mean, how do you keep doing this? 
Alrighty, that says adios to episode 102 of Gangs All Here and season three of Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern, Cameron Izera, who has left us but did a great job, Syracuse student, for helping me produce this show all season. Hartz, what a year. Man, I'm looking forward to next year. Like, I'm in Mets mode, but like, I'd be good if I'd have a Jets game on Sunday with this roster. There's no reason to not be hyped. And I know people are always going to say, same old Jets. They're going to win four games next year. But Kaz is right. And it's the same thing I've been preaching. Zach, Zach, Zach. He's got to mature. He's got to improve. He's got to get better. He's got to show us that these Instagram workouts he's having in the offseason will translate into the regular season. If he does, there is no reason the Jets can't compete. They're not going to the division for a wild card spot. Your nine and eight record prediction, while it may seem bold, and, and while, um, you know, I, I don't know what the over under is currently, this season is going to hinder on Zach Wilson because I think the fact that now you have adults in the room after what was done in the draft, it was one of the more impressive jet drafts that we've seen in a very, very long time. A team has been built around this young quarterback, and if he's able to take that next step, Honestly, there's no reason why the Jets can't reel off seven wins. I don't know about nine wins, but I think seven wins could be a very, very good step in the right direction for this team. Yeah, I'll take seven. I, I'm still like, damn, now I see this team on paper. I'm like, let's go to the damn playoffs. Now, I know that's a little exciting and a typical Jets fan move, and it's maybe my positive Mets sentiment, but that's how I feel. Well, if you're a Mets fan, now the gang's all here is, is done. We will be back during training camp. Sometime in August. Stay tuned for when we'll return. That's the hope. If, if we are uh, renewed for another season of Gangs All Year, hopefully. Uh, we'll be back likely late August. So while you're, if you're still got Jets fever, catch up on all old episodes, all our interviews. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Write a nice review. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify. But go listen to Amazing But True while you're at me and Nelson Figueroa. You can follow that at Amazing But True because the Mets hype is real and that no-hitter, whoo, I almost cried. That was emotional for me. It was combined. wasn't as cool as the uh, Johan Santana, but combined no-hitters are the – that's today's day and age. That's just how it goes. Guys just get to 90 pitches in five innings, and that was truly special. Hearts, let's let's hope we're talking about wins next year because uh, we both these podcasts, Gangs All Here and Blue Rush, have been nonstop talking about losses and why this team sucked, why the defense sucked, why this guy sucked. Just give us some W's. I mean, it's been depressing for NFL football in New York City. I'm not going to include the Buffalo Bills and whatever. You want to include them in the New York town, but it's been depressing. But I think the fact that both teams now have good plans in place. And look, if the Mets are able to change their mojo and, you know, feeling good, looking good right now, why can't the Jets and Giants? Yeah, and the Giants had a good draft, too. And you could hear that on Blue Rush with Lawrence Tynes, Paul Schwartz and I and, and Hartz. And yeah, it's the tide turning. And you said New York town. I mean, remind me of Meet the Mets in New York. Town do, 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 in New York. Ah, for Brian Costello, Andrew Hart, I'll stick to my J Dob, Jake Brown here of not singing. That's it for the season. Any barring any major trade, no Debo Samuel, the trade didn't happen. We know the proposal of 10th, 5th. They said no. That's fine. Love this team. Love what they had to bring to the table. We'll be back before the start of the 2022 season. Stay tuned on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos for when. We are back. Thanks for your your support all season. Be safe, everyone. And as always, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets.
That's all I got to say about that. 